Father. We thank you, Father. Uh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody point at yourself. Say, this is the church. Right here. Not this building we're in. This is a church. This is a congregation. But we're the church. We are the church. So we're going to talk about, for the next few Sundays, the church. Pretty simple subject, right? But there, it is so expansive that there's, never, there's no way in three Sundays, actually, that I'm going to talk about everything there is to know about the church. But I hope that something that the Lord has given me to say will, it will help you, that maybe it's something you've never heard before and that you can go, oh, Make a little note on your, on your paper, and I'm going to go home and study that, okay? Because, really, when it comes to this Word, this Bible that we preach and teach from, that we read, that we depend on, that is our, what, what is that, what's that acronym for Bible? Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, right? right. Our instruction manual. Right. There's no way. None of us are smart enough to know everything about what's in here. And he designed it that way. Because he's still, after 29 years, revealing things to me. And he hasn't even, that's, that's not even, the, that's just the tip of the, the needle. He hasn't revealed everything to me that he's going to reveal to me. So we don't know, as one teacher in PI said, we don't know what we don't know. We really don't even know the things that we don't know. Much less the things we do know. So, amen, it, it's always good to talk and to preach and to teach and to study the Word of God. And, and I, I was sharing with somebody, I, you know, I kind of struggle sometimes with my bread reading because I let myself get off on little rabbit trails studying for myself. And I forget to keep going and reading my required reading for the day. So I, I kind of let myself get behind, but it's not a bad thing for me because... I get to, I start going off on these rabbit trails, and I start, God starts putting thoughts in here, and I start typing them up on my iPad, and I, I got hundreds and hundreds of little, little notes that I've taken of stuff I'm going to go back later and study, maybe, if I ever get time. Right? You know how that is, right? But it's, it's those things I know if I don't write them down, I'll, I'll, I'll forget about it, and someday I will get to go. Maybe the Lord will take me back to that yeah. note and say, here, I want you to preach on this. You know, and, and I heard one preacher say, it's like, it's like somebody giving you a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle one piece at a time. One piece here, one piece there. And they don't look like each other. And you keep getting these one piece and one piece, and you keep sticking them in the box. And pretty soon, after a little while, you start going, wait a minute. These all connect somehow. This all goes together. But he doesn't let you see that till way down the road. So that's why I do that. That's why I make those little notes because God is gradually showing me something. And I want to have all the little pieces when I get to that point so he can put the whole puzzle together and say, this is what I was trying to tell you. Amen? So we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about five things. That's not five. That's five. The church's foundation. We're going to talk about that today. And we're going to talk about the church's head today. We have kind of a modified month because we've got Veterans Day next Sunday, so we're going to kind of double up on a couple of these, if that's okay. Um, the third subject is going to be the church's discipline. 
The fourth subject is going to be the church's power. And then we're going to end up with the church's future. And that's us. Where, where's the church going? The church hasn't ever stopped going anywhere. It's, it's the church from the book, of the, from Genesis to Revelation. It's been the church. It might not have been called that, but it's been the church. Amen? It's been the body, God's body, God's people. Right? So we're going to talk about that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 18. Go ahead and give you a minute to get there in your Bibles, whether that's a digital Bible or a, a literal Bible or a virtual Bible, however you want to do it. Or you can just look up on the board, on the screen. Matthew 16, verse 13 says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do ye men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter said unto, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He didn't say, I think you are. He said it very emphatically. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. The Father reveals things to us. Amen? They that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, what? Shall be filled. So he knows. He's our Father. If he sees you want something, a real Father, if he sees you want something bad enough, he'll go get it for you. Because he's your Father and he loves you. So if we're hungering after these things, he'll give them to us like he did Peter. And so he, and he said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, or upon this revelation of who I am, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom, not to the kingdom, but of the kingdom. Big, big difference there. Of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Father, we thank you today for this opportunity to talk among ourselves and to, and to be ministered to about your church and so that we have better understanding. Lord, I pray that you would use this vessel for your glory and for your kingdom and that you would help us to hear something that would edify us and lift us up today. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is a foundation? We've got some people in here that are builders. I've, I've tried to be one a couple of times. I was a laborer mostly, but, but I've been around that environment a little bit. And so a foundation, dictionary.com, defines a foundation <coughs> Excuse me. as it's a noun. And it's the basis or groundwork of anything. The moral foundation of both society and religion is one example that they use. The natural or prepared ground or base on which some structure rests. The lowest division of a building, wall, or like, usually of masonry or partly or wholly below the surface of the ground. Just like this house they're building over here. We just saw a hole in the ground for a long, long time. And then we saw some concrete trucks blocking the road. And, there was, and then there was a concrete foundation. And it sat there for a long, long time while they poured the floor. So, but all of a sudden that, that house is just whoop, going right up. But it took way longer to put the foundation in and dig the... Dig the footers and do all that stuff to get the foundation ready before the actual building was built on top of it. They had to make sure that the foundation would hold the house. 
right? That's what we're talking about. So the act, the act of founding, setting up, establishing, etc., a policy in effect since the foundation, like the founding of a nation that we live in today, right? Our nation was founded by somebody. It had a foundation from the very beginning. And then number five there, the state of being founded. And so a foundation can be physical or it can be invisible or a foundation can be physically unseen entity as in the example of moral, ethical, or religious foundation, right? Like, for example, the core values of individuals, societies, or organizations like the church. We've been talking about core values. That's our foundation. That's what everything has to be built upon. The foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We're going to get into that. And so we're talking about today, this morning, the foundation. Jesus made an emphatic statement in Matthew 16 regarding the church. He stated that he would build his church. We want to get that straight right up front. It's his church. He said, I will build my church. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. It wasn't somebody else's church. It wasn't Paul's church. You know, the, the people in the, in the New Testament, they tried to make it Paul's church. They got into arguments over, well, I was baptized by Paul, and I was baptized by this one. And Paul kind of shut them all up and said, no, 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 no. I'm glad I haven't baptized any of you. It's not my church. It's not Peter's church. It's Jesus' church. We're just vessels being used to build his church. We're just those laborers putting the, building the church. You know, we, in that song, we, it said he was fed to the lions, but the church was fed to the lions, but the lions couldn't eat it. What was that talking about? What, you mean Daniel was the church? He's one, one person. There was nobody that I know of in there besides the angel and the lions. So Daniel represented the church. That's why that's in that song. So the church is represented by people, right? And it has been from the very foundation of time. From the very beginning of time, the church has been all about people. That's what Jesus said when he said, I will build my church. He wasn't talking about a building. And, and I don't have the, the particulars, but that word church is a, the, the word ecclesia. And... Really, in their day, when, the, when he, he didn't even say the word church, if you think about it. That, that's what the word that we have translated in our English Bible in the 21st century. But that wasn't the word he used. He used the word ecclesia or something like that, right? Because it was the language of their day. And it didn't mean to them that in that day what it means to us today. Because if I remember, what was the brother's name that, taught, that did that teaching at the prayer conference over on the other side of the state from Mississippi. Brother Dobbs talked about the ecclesia a little bit. It was really a group of people like the city council that meets downtown to make decisions for the whole city, to affect all the citizens of this city. And so the ecclesia was a group of people that met together to make decisions about how things were going to operate and how things were going to run. And so that's what their understanding of a church was very different from ours today. But it was the same concept. He was trying to tell them, those guys that were sitting there, you're going to be the church. I'm going to build it through you. Right? 
So who's building the church? Jesus is building the church. How's he doing it? Everybody point at yourself again and say, through me. Through me. How's he build the church through us? Some of us don't, don't know how to or wouldn't want to swing a hammer. So it's not about a building, right? It's about our interaction with people, right? The Lord is building the church. What is, what's the Bible say in the book of Acts? And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. One translation says such as were being saved. What does that mean? Well, the, the new church that was born on the day of Pentecost, they had no Bible school training. They had nothing to go on except they just kind of went out there and started doing it. And what did the Bible say in the book of Acts? They went from house to house, breaking bread and having favor with all the people. They just took what they knew, the experience they just had, and they just went and started telling people, hey, guess what? Guess what happened to me today? I don't know if they said we received, I received the Holy Ghost. They, they probably didn't say that. The promise of the Father, they, that's what it was called. It happened to me. I was there. Oh, you were there? I heard about that. You know, it was, there was no CNN or Fox News, right? Right. So they, it had to be word of mouth only because there was people weren't educated. They couldn't read, so there was no Bible to read. Oh, I read that in the newspaper. No, they didn't do that. It was word of mouth, neighbor to neighbor, friend to friend, guy at the market. So he was building, he started building what we know as the New Testament church that day with those 3,000 people, Right? And it's been just perpetuated ever since then. Has, has the church ever gone away? We had, I know we had the dark ages for a while. But the church never really went away, even during that time. And so the church has been passed on and perpetuated by people. Right or wrong. You know, not, not saying that somebody hasn't made mistakes along the way. I mean, you, all you got to do is read in the New Testament. There was a lot of those initial people that made a lot of mistakes. But who was building the church? Jesus. And he's not going to let his church die. And so you, we fast forward to today, here we are. We're still building on that foundation. Metaphorically, uh, the word build there is, comes out of the uh, out of complete word study Bible. Basically, it's the same as the concordance. It says... Building a house, builder, to build, construct, or erect. Metaphorically, to build up, establish, confirm, spoken of the Christian church and its members who are thus compared to a building, a temple of God, erected upon the one and only foundation, Jesus Christ. And the construction progress, the construction is still in progress, isn't it? 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 through 11 says, For we are laborers together. Everybody say together. With God. Not by ourselves. Not on our own. We don't venture out on our own and say, we'll check with you, God, if we need you. No. We're laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth, 
To build upon, to erect a superstructure is what that word buildeth means. Another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is already, I inserted the word there, already laid, which is Jesus Christ. We can't go in to the house. We can't go across the street now that the, the, the structure is up on top of the the foundation, and just start ripping the foundation out, can we? You could. What would happen? The whole house would fall down. So once the foundation's been laid, it's been laid. We can't change it. That's what Paul is saying. We can't change the foundation. We got only, All we can do is build upon it. Right? And that foundation, is. it says right at the end there, which is Jesus Christ. If we're smart, that's right. And building is nothing more than a place to dwell. A store is a building. A restaurant's a building. An office, a hospital, those are buildings. They're places to get out of the weather to dwell, right? So we are his building. He just said that, right? We are his building. So we are his body, his dwelling place. He said he would be in you, didn't he? And I shall be in you, he said. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. He's living inside of us. If we've received the Holy Ghost, He's dwelling in us. So we are His building. We are the church. So every time we walk out this door, we carry the church with us. You are the church. Everybody say, I am the church. The church isn't that building I just drove away from. I'm the church. That's where we go meet and congregate and, and join together and Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a man of some is. That's where we do this. But if we wanted, if we wanted to go have church, we could go down to the lacrosse center and have church in that building. Wouldn't matter. We could go to McDonald's. The guy that started the church in, in Pastor Parker's hometown started his church in a McDonald's restaurant, and it got up to about I don't know 34 people meeting at McDonald's for a Bible study, and he finally said, "Yeah, I think I need to get a building." But he was already in a building. He just needed to move to another building. But the building wasn't the church. It was the people that he was talking to and winning and telling them about Jesus. Right? So he is the king of wherever he is. it is that he dwells. So wherever we, the church, go, we are transporting his kingdom. Right? Because the Bible says that the kingdom of God, doesn't it? Is not what? Meat and drink? But what is it? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It dwells in us. So the kingdom of God dwells in us. So the church is the kingdom. This is some crazy stuff, man. Doesn't the Bible, um, the foundation or, or the chief cornerstone of a church was going to be based on the truth that Peter acknowledged that Somebody finally got it. You, you're the Christ. I had a V8 moment right there. You know, you're, that's what it happened. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And all the other guys went, whoa, revelation. Somebody finally got it. Right? And, and he said it. Thou art the Christ, the anointed one. The Son of the living God. You're it. Oh, 
And that's what happened with me. That's what happened with you. One day there was that moment of revelation where we said, wow, Jesus is God. And it's been in front of me in that book all this time, and I never saw it. And, and I've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Because he's the one that died for me. Not somebody else's name. I've got to be baptized in the name of the founder of the church, or the foundation of the church. So the fact that, that this was the Messiah, the long-awaited one, the prophesied one, the one chosen and slain from the foundation of the world, was and is the basis for everything we believe, teach, and preach today. Right? Am I right? If, you, if I'm not, say so. Is very thing that saves us each and every day that we walk in his light. The fact that he is Jesus and he is God and this is his church and he's the foundation of the church. Everything we are is based on that. So it can be said that without a doubt that Jesus is the foundation of the church, right? We've established that. But when was the church founded? When did the church begin? The church as we know it was first mentioned. There's, there's a thing called the law of first mention in the Bible. It was first mentioned right here in Matthew 16 in the New Testament by who? Jesus Christ. He's the one that brought it up. He's the author. He's the founder of the church. So why not be the one to establish and bring it up first to everybody around him? Because to me what he was saying was those guys over there, those religious guys, have corrupted and, and done something wrong to, the, to what was originally supposed to be the church the believers, the body of Christ, they've, they've messed it up with their Judaism. They've messed it up with all of their traditions. And he used to refer a lot to the traditions of the fathers. Paul did and Jesus did. The traditions of the elders and all those kind of things. They had brought a lot of their own religious traditions into what was supposed to be the church. So Jesus was saying, we're not following that pattern over there, guys. I'm establishing the church. I'm the foundation. Not that over there. That's going to go away. I'm establishing it, and the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against it. You know, and I thought about that when I read that. He acknowledges through his statement there that there are gates of hell and that they are going to try to prevail against the church. He, he acknowledges the devil. He acknowledges the enemy. He says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. They're going to try. The gates of hell are going to try to come at you every day. Every day. Oh, not since, but, but wait a minute, I have the Holy Ghost. Well, it doesn't matter. The devil don't care about that. You're, you just have a bigger target on your back. Because he wants to make you a trophy of hell. He wants to get you to walk away from God. That would be worse than ever having, not, never having served God, right? And so he acknowledges that there's going to be gates of hell that are going to, but gates don't move, do they? Like those doors back there, they're, they're permanent. They're stationary. They're not going anywhere. Gates to a city don't move. The gates of hell are not going to prevail. Right? So, the devil's, like I said at the beginning, the devil's still a liar. He's still a liar today. He hasn't changed his M.O. Exactly. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says, Now therefore, 
Ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God, and are built upon the foundation, everybody say foundation, foundation. of the apostles and the prophets. Not, not that they're the foundation. Peter is not, the St. Peter's Basilica in Rome is not the foundation of the church where he's buried. That's where they built that building. They think he's the foundation. This is saying, no, 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 Peter's not the foundation. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, right? In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth, groweth. It's a continual, perpetual thing. It's an action word. It's a verb. It's, it doesn't, didn't grow once. It's still growing. It groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. We are the habitation of God. We're the foundations in us. So Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. If you build a house or a building on a cornerstone, every correct me if I'm wrong, Brother Terry, but every measurement for the rest of that building is based off of that cornerstone. Is that correct? So that cornerstone has to be set nearly perfect, square, level, and all of that. So the foundation under it has to be exact. Because if it's not, and you start making measurements off of that cornerstone to build the rest of the building, what's going to happen at the end? You're going to have this building that's leaning like this, or, you know, something's going to be wrong because every other measurement is based off of that building. So everything we do is based off of the foundation. A cornerstone is a term that is used in reference to the foundation of a building. A building is built up and out from the cornerstone. The building being square and structure being able to stand as well as withstand the elements that would try to destroy it depends totally upon the cornerstone being set properly. Amen? Every other measurement used to complete the final structure is based off the cornerstone. So Jesus Christ and everything that he represented in the plan and will of God was to be the very foundation of his living, breathing body that we that would stand the test of time. We are that body. Right? The church has stood the test of time. It's been through the fire. It's been through the flood. It's been through all kinds of persecution and still is. But the church is one of the only entities, the Christian church is one of the only entities today that still stands through all the persecution, all the things that happened with regard to the church. Right? There was a guy that tried to kill all the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. He couldn't do it. Why? Because there was just too many of them? No. Because God said, "Mm, those are my people. You can kill them all, try to kill them all if you want to, but it's never going to, you're never going to get to the end. Because those are my chosen people. And he would not let that nation be wiped out off the earth. Because that was the intent. So the church is never going anywhere. I'm sorry. But Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, there's nothing higher than him. He, what did he say when he was leaving the earth? All power and authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So that, there is no higher power and authority than him. So nothing's going to come along and take the church away. So we can be encouraged by that. As the body of Christ on the earth, we are his representatives. So we are his hands, his feet. He left the responsibility of the work of the kingdom with us, his body. Amen? So we're going to real quickly go into the head uh, part of this lesson. And so we're going to go right to Colossians 1 and 18. Real brief scripture there, Colossians 1 and 18, it says, And he is the head, 
of the body. Get right to the point. Paul, he's the head. Who's he? He's the head of the body. Who's the body? That's right. The very next thing after the colon there says, or the comma, the church. Who's the church? They say that in English language, when you see a colon like that, what comes after it explains what's before it. So who's the church? Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence? In all things. He has preeminence in all things. In all things. I say that again. In all things he has preeminence. What's preeminence? He's over it. He's, there is nobody over him. There's a song that Phillips, Craig, and Dean does, and it's called You Are God Alone. I have it on the ringtone on my phone. I love that song. It says in one verse of the song, it says, From before time began, you are on your throne. Not you were on your throne. You are on your throne. You are God alone. He's God alone, period. End of story. That's why he has all the preeminence. There's nobody above him to be his boss. He, before there was ever time as we know it, he was already in, he was in existence before time. So time doesn't define him. You know, we say that God inhabits all space and time. Yeah, he does. But actually, he invented time so that we would have some reference point to understand him by. So before there was even time, he existed. And what does the Bible say that from the very foundation of the world, Jesus Christ? Doesn't it say that? That Jesus Christ is plain from the foundation of the world? So he was in existence before he was in existence. Right? So the church really started way back there in the mind of God, didn't it? But it, the, the New Testament church started in when Jesus mentioned it in, in Matthew 16. But really the church has been around for a long, long time. And it's going to be around forever. Amen? Let's get back to this. So the revelation and truth of who Jesus, the mighty God in Christ, is the foundation and basis and the groundwork on which the church is, not was, built. It is still being built even as we speak and as we sit here today. A natural human body that is not growing in all aspects is either dead or dying, is it not? If a tree is not growing and getting bigger, or if your, your garden's not growing and getting bigger, it's either dead or dying. As one writer of a book that I've been reading says, it's either green and growing or it's ripe and rotting. Right? You don't get it off the vine, it's going to rot. But you, so the church is an ever-growing entity. It's a body. And if our body stops growing, it's dying. Right? It is still being built. And so Paul says, tells the Colossians, and he tells us that Jesus is the head of the body. That means he's, he's the, the head, the top, the one which is the uppermost in relation to something. Metaphorically, of things of a head, top, summit. For example, the head of the corner, meaning the chief cornerstone or the cornerstone. A body can have only, how many? One head. Anything with more than one head is what? 
a freak. So a body in the natural can have only one head, right? And that, that head is really an important thing. Why is that? Because the head is what sends all the signals to your body that, that communicates with all your nerve endings and your, your heart. And, it, and God's so awesome. He created our body so that our brain would tell our heart to beat and tell the blood to flow. And it, it tells you when you, you hit your thumb with a hammer that it, there's pain there and it hurts and your whole body feels it. The whole body feels it when you're hurting. Is that right? That's true. Whether you acknowledge it or not, it's true. Is this okay? So that word beginning, it's the word arche, and it denotes an actual uh, cause um, basically, it's called, Christ is called the beginning, right? He is the beginning. It says, who is the beginning? The firstborn from the dead, right? Because he is the efficient cause of the creation, the head. Because he is before all things, and all things were created by him and for him, the Bible says. That word arche also may also mean the beginning of something as the beginning of a line, road, or so forth. The line or a road is conceived in one's mind. When you're sitting in math class and you're getting ready to draw a number line, before your pencil ever touches that paper, you've already said in your mind, I'm going to draw a line. But the line's not there yet. But you see it. So your, your mind has already drawn the line. Your pencil hasn't done it yet. Right? But the minute you put that pencil down on that paper and start moving it, now you're drawing the line you saw first. Right? So that's what this is saying. But where, the, where the, he touches the paper to draw the line is the beginning of the line. So who decided where the church began? Jesus Christ. And he's the what? The head. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the head. He's the head and we're the body. Right? And so, the body depends on the head, doesn't it? So, we need the head to direct us. Right? We depend on him to be our head. He is the head of the body, which is the church. Right? So, the head is not going to not talk to the body. Right? So, Jesus is always talking to us. The head is always talking to us if we're listening. But we've got to be listening. Right? Sometimes I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, and I feel like God says to me, sort of like, can I get a word in here? <laughs> can you stop running through your laundry list and let me get a word in edgewise here? And I have to stop. Because we got all this stuff we want to say to God, right? But we got to let the head talk to us, amen? So we, he is the foundation, and he's the head, amen? He's the foundation, 
and he's the head. And we are his body, the church, a living, breathing organism. Not an organization, right? Roman Catholicism is not the church, right? These other denominations, they are not the church, right? I don't know if I should say this or not. UPCI is not the church. We are an organization of ministers that agreed one day to get together and say, hey, we all believe the same thing. Let's, let's, let's unite. That's where that word united comes from. Right? But I, I'm not throwing the, the UPCI under the bus, but we aren't the church. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of the church, the body. We are just one organization that chooses and has made a decision to believe what the Bible says and to follow exactly what that book says. But we're not the church. We're we're the church right here. He's the head. If, If you read the manual, they acknowledge that. He's the head. This is our manual, but he's the head. Everything in that manual that we do has got scripture to back it up. Boom, 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 boom. But he's the head. We're the body. It's just an organizing body of ministers that, that we're all building the body, aren't we? Adding to the kingdom. You know what a kingdom is, right? And I'm coming to a close. If you take that word kingdom and you break it down, it's two words. King and dominion. So it's a king's dominion, right? There only can be one king, Right? Like over in Saudi Arabia, there's only one king. There's not two. Three, there's a lot of princes under the king that are waiting for him to die off so they can step up and be king. There's only one king. So there's only one kingdom, right? And he is the king of the kingdom. Is he not? Jesus Christ. And so, what did I say before about what the kingdom is? Is what? Not meat and drink. Not what we do on this earth, but it's what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost? So the kingdom, who is, which is run by the king, who is the head, right? And the cornerstone, the foundation, is in us. Isn't that great? I know some of y'all, I knew that, Brother Demuth. But maybe somebody didn't know that. Maybe somebody never looked at it that way. When I see stuff like that, it's like, Wow. Like a V8 moment. It's like, wow, I love those things, those times, don't you, when God gives you revelation about something? It was like so simple. It's like, man, why didn't I see that before? But it's there. It's right there. If you're hungry enough, if you're thirsty enough, if you desire to know, not for the sake of knowledge's sake, but to, to know for yourself, He'll show you the stuff that'll just make you have a V8 moment. They'll just, he'll just have you, it'll blow your mind. In my case, it'll be a small explosion, but he will blow your mind with stuff. How many are hungry in this room to know more about God? Just, I mean, don't wait for it to come from here. It's, that book is there. He's talking to us. The head is talking to the body. We need to hear from the head. Amen. Praise God. So next Sunday is what? Veterans Day. So you... Thank God, I guess, for some of you, you won't get to hear my voice. 
<laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, in two Sundays, we're going to talk about the church's discipline and the church's power. And then in, on the last Sunday, we're going to talk about the church's future. That's the one I'm looking forward to talking about, where we're going. We've gotten up to this point. We're going to talk about the basics. We're going to, we're going to understand what the church is and what the discipline of the church and the power of the church. But I'm interested in the future of the church. Because I don't know when the Lord's coming. And neither do you. No man knows the hour of the day. And, and the Lord might tarry and let all of us in this room die off. So there's going to be a future church. Somebody's going to step in and take over and carry this thing forward. They always have and they always will. Because it's God's church. Amen? Thank you, Father, for this time together today. Thank you for your good word. Thank you for making us a part of your body, the church. We plead the blood of Jesus over the remainder of this service, Lord, that you would have your way, that you would use this man of God to minister uh, to us today your word, impartation and knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Lord, go with us as we go on our break. And as we come back, help us to bring back, O oh God, a, a, a spirit and an attitude of worship and praise unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.